Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of OA News Overtime. As always, I'm Jordan Hill with Justin Lee. Jordan, things have changed. It's been quite the week. It has been a week indeed. There's so much to talk about this week, Justin. Uh, Let's just kind of jump into it. Uh, You know, we talked a lot about you know the the aftermath of the Georgia State game but uh, right. by the time we recorded this had not happened so right. Sunday afternoon Brian Harson decided to make a change Cornelius Williams is no longer the wide receivers coach so he was mm. wide receivers coach at Auburn for all of four games they made the move Eric Keesaw who was at Boise State with Brian and a few of the other guys that are on this staff he was an analyst at Auburn he's been promoted to receivers coach mm-hmm. and uh, so Cornelius Williams is out uh, what was your immediate reaction when you heard the news, and what do you think the implications are starting now and even going forward for Auburn? Uh, the immediate reaction is, well, things aren't going well. It's not ideal. And uh, and I think that's entirely fair. Yeah. And I, I think if you put the lasso truth on Brian, he'd say it too. Mm-hmm. You bench your quarterback and fire the receivers coach. Things yeah. are bad. They're not good. It's not where you want it to be right now at all. Um, and now you're trying to pull yourself out of a spiral a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, because you didn't lose that game, and we can talk more again. Like we we talked a lot about the would be implications with that game, but mm. uh, you know, I mean, that's my immediate reaction: is the the secrets out a little bit? Things aren't going so well, and um, you know, it, he, I, I mean, you can ask me my opinion on if now's the time to make a change and, and all of that. Um, but I mean, what I will say is at least uh, it is an action. Because a lot of time with Brian, all we hear is we got to get better, we got to go in, we got to have a one and zero mentality, we got to wake up tomorrow and work hard. But it's like, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't you mean need, anything. You need tangible, right? Something, right. something, right? So at least, so there is action that was done yeah. because you know, I mean, I don't know how much more we could hear. Just you know, waking up in the morning and working hard. It's like working hard at what? <laughs> you Besides know what I mean? just taking the stairs. And that's yeah, exactly. And that's that's coach speak, and everybody does it. Uh, but that's so it is a, an action that he felt the need apparently to be made and uh, he made it clear that you know if, if you're not like us and you haven't listened to every second of every press conference you know he made it clear it was not a statement it wasn't a message to the team he said you don't do that you don't do that to a person and their family mm. to send a message or any of that kind of any of that kind of mess so uh you know it, it's not that he felt that the wide receiver position i clearly thought the wide receiver uh position would be better uh under Kiesel. Mm-hmm. okay is that he said i believe Kiesel? that's how that's how i'm saying uh, <laughs> that's how we're going for it so that's that's and and Kiesel does have the credentials from boise state mm-hmm. uh so there you go um We'll see what the implications are on the recruiting trail. They'll be negative. Yes. They'll not be positive. Yes, they will. Be. Uh, <laughs> but but that that was that's the decision that was made. So uh, yeah, my immediate reaction was, you know, hey, uh, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, and again, you know, things aren't going well, and they're trying to fan the flames a little bit because there's problems. Yeah, I agree. And I want to hit on real quick the implications on the recruiting trail. Mm-hmm. After the fire happened, after it was announced Cornelius, well, it really wasn't announced till Monday, mm-hmm. um, but we all heard that Cornelius was out. I had people around the high school sort of uh, landscape in the state texting me being like, what is going on? Right, because right. of the reputation, the positive reputation Cornelius has in the state, Right, you're going to hurt. Right. I mean, like, this is going to have a negative effect. You right. have three uh, commits at the receiver position, two of them from Oof. in the state. Oof. 
and I'm not, you know, I don't know anything specific about those two guys or really even the third guy that's also a commit, but sure. th- you're going to have implications. I'd say the chances that you get all three of those guys has dropped significantly because you got rid of who would have been their position coach. Right. That's how uh, recruiting works. You get recruited by a co- your coach. Right. Yeah. And, and the thing that's going to be really interesting to see is because Cornelius was an Alabama guy. He's coached all over the state. He's mm-hmm. from, he went to Hoover, right? Right. I mean, he was. two days, baby. He had all those connections. Connections, yeah. and you severed them, and to replace him, you got another guy that has no ties. He, he I right. will say, he was an analyst at Alabama for a year. Outside of that, he's a Pacific North Northwest guy, right? And that doesn't necessarily kill you because you do have guys like Mike Bobo and Will Friend, Cadillac, obviously, a few other guys, Zach Etheridge, right? That know the landscape, that know coaching Alabama, coaching the Southeast, sure. Um, but you know, you certainly did yourself a disservice. I mean, you right. certainly put yourself in a situation where, you know, if you're Brian Harson, you had to have just been to the point where this enough was enough. Right. He but, has somehow weighed it to where that whatever else it was was so bad that he's willing to take the hit in recruiting. Yes. 100%. That's, yeah. that's, it's a, this is the cost, what do you call it? Cost-benefit cost, analysis. Cost-benefit analysis. That's why we pay the big boys, yeah. Jordan. Hex, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what that's the decision he made. But, yeah, there's no denying. You know, we're not being unfair here. It's no. It's bad for recruiting. Yes, it will have an effect, and we will see it probably in the next few weeks and months. Right, right. And uh, so that will be something to watch. Uh, let's look a little bit now. There's the big game on Saturday. Auburn's going to be playing LSU. The big question I want to start with, Justin, we'll probably go back and forth. Who's going to play quarterback? Who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback for Auburn? I don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback. I think they're both going to play. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, you know, I can hear both I can hear both sides. Mm-hmm. I can hear. Here's the thing, Jordan. Would you, am I unfair to say that I think Bo has a higher ceiling? Well, because he's, he's been, a three-year starter. That's the thing to me is in that environment, in that situation, I can understand saying, Let's let Bo start because he's been in these situations before. So right. I don't think that's unfair. If Bo and I think if Bo is playing well, he's better than TJ playing well right now at this stage of TJ's career. Yes, that's a, also a big if. That's a big if. Yes, right, right. That's the thing. Yeah, but I think he has the higher ceiling. I think so. Fair. I can understand Bo uh, if they if they turn back to Bo and say, "Hey, look, you, you know, if if Bo's at a hundred percent, if Bo's not, you know, whatever." criticism they had for him when they watched film on on last saturday if they decide okay he was making these mistakes we'll avoid them in these ways you know if bo's up to 100 percent playing as well as he has in his career and he's he's had games where he's played well um you know he i think he has the higher ceiling and possibly auburn's best chance to actually go to baton rouge and actually beat lsu um i think that i figure both of them will play is my Probably. opinion Probably. My, man and again one of the things i've said is you kind of paint yourself into a corner here at least from the outside perspective because as soon as bo doesn't if you start bo as soon as bo doesn't do well as soon as he makes one mistake one drive yeah that goes three and out yeah everyone's gonna be calling for tj and uh you may have players who feel that you know what i mean like you know who knows every you know so you have to be confident in your team and like you're and you know what I mean and that you're blocking outside noise and that there's no noise within the sideline right because as soon because as soon as if you start bow and which could happen as soon as things go poorly there will be rumblings for TJ yep. there will be there will be and that's going to be that way for the rest of the season yeah Jordan, because and you I made mean, this decision I gotta live with it yeah. it's going to be that way 
Now, you know, you got the benefit of the spark from TJ, but this is the negative, is that, you know, now you now you have a quarterback controversy. You're going to deal with it all season. But uh, that that's my thing. But, you know, again, you can easily say, well, all that's uh, all that's tertiary, all that's uh, outside of us. We can't control what people say. We can't control, you know, the, the feeling or vibe from the fans, even the ones in the stands in Baton Rouge, right? It's like – we're gonna we're gonna start bow because we think it's the best. You know, if you come to this decision, you say, "Hey, we're gonna start bow because it's the best thing to do." We don't really care what mm. anyone has to say. We don't care if anyone thinks we should yank him after a drive. That's my call, right? Mm. So it could come to that. Um, but again, like I said, it uh, for all the other reasons, you know, you you already pulled bow. You know, I could easily see them sticking going with TJ. So you know, you can see it both ways. Um, I don't know. My final prediction is I just think they both play some pretty significant downs. I could see it. I think going into this game, my expectation is that TJ is going to start. Think and so? I think that the thing that has convinced me, and still I wouldn't be shocked if it was Bo instead. I right. think you can make arguments either way. But when you look at how the offense was playing against Georgia State, again, not – not quite to the caliber of an LSU. No, not quite. The fact that <laughs> TJ came in there and got the offense going, and to be fair to him, this was something in, in the TJ uh, profile I wrote that you guys can check out in the game day edition. Great plug. Just talking to his dad, he pointed this out, and it really was fair, that the drives where they didn't score that he was in, missed field goal by Anders, mm-hmm. fumble by Tank. Sure. There was, I think, a three and out, which is fairly, you know, you can justify and say that sure. you know, they had a three and out. Sure. But two of those, two of those four drives. I mean, you know, he they he, were gonna he got the team to scoring territory. Yes, every time. Yeah, that's true because they were they were in field goal range when Tank fumbled. Yes, because that was the point where I went. Yeah, they may lose this yeah, game. Yeah, because that was yeah that was that drive where it's like okay, well, it's about to win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll just build up the pressure a little bit. Yeah, I think TJ's gonna start because when you have that situation. Just for me, from the sure. outside looking in, sure. I think it would be hard when you have all those other players who saw what happened Saturday yep. to then say, we're yeah. going to relegate TJ to a backup right. spot. And someone else pointed out this. I didn't really watch this when TJ first went in, but there was a a visual reaction on the sideline oh, yeah. as far as they oh, yeah. were excited to see TJ go in. Oh, yeah, because they love TJ. Yeah. And it's not because they hate Bo. No, no, no. We've heard a lot of good things about TJ. Right, but they because they love TJ. They love their teammate. Yeah. And they love Bo, too. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no, you're right. And like that's like I said. Like like I said, as, if you start Bo, as soon as he struggles, everyone in the stands most certainly yes. is going to go, okay, where's TJ? And you wonder how many people on the sideline are going to go, okay, where's TJ? Yeah. These are 18 to 22-year-old kids. Now, if you say, hey, we're disciplined and we have control of that, it's not an issue. Yeah. But I think it could be. <laughs> well, the thing to me, <laughs> there's always the adage that the most popular person on campus is the backup quarterback. Of course. And now – Say that fire was simmering a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no. You threw a little bit of gasoline. <laughs> and, again, truthfully, look, this is hindsight because we don't know if, you know, uh-huh. Bo would have stayed in there. But, I mean, right. I don't know that they would have won that game had TJ not come in. Do I sure. know that for 100% fact? No. No. But there is a very likely shot that they don't win that game if TJ didn't come in there. So, But that, that fuel has been added to that fire. Mm-hmm. 
And like you've said, and you're right on the money, you're going to have to deal with that the rest of the year. Yep. That ain't, that, this ain't a one-week story. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Welcome to 2021. Here we are. This is it. Yes. So, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more about this matchup with LSU. I'm really intrigued. I've kind of gone back and forth on what I think. Oof. I mean, the fact that Max Johnson uh, is playing the way he is, coming off a four-touchdown game, I think, to me – Besides the trenches, because that's been an area that Ella, that Auburn rather has struggled in so much in some of these big games the last few years, mm-hmm. the Auburn secondary against the LSU receiving core to me is such a big key, and they have got to figure out they cannot afford to let Max Johnson play like Sean Clifford played. If they do that, you mm-hmm. and I are going to be writing our stories before the fourth quarter starts You're because right. we'll know what is going to happen. What sort of sticks out to you or what are you most interested in seeing out of this game on Saturday night? Boy, it's uh, – I don't know, man. And I, I, I'll, I'll beat a dead horse and just go back to the same thing is, you know, uh, talent has – you know, I think we said this on Spaces, so you guys haven't heard this yet. Uh, but talent has a short memory. Talent can have a short memory. I think about, like – I don't know. There's always some year, like the Charlie Strong years at Texas, they're like five and seven, and then they play Oklahoma and beat them just because yeah. they're all five stars. Yeah. And they all decide, oh, you're number one in the country? No, you're not. I am. Give me that gold hat. I'm putting on Charlie. <laughs> right. My favorite image of his whole time. At t- besides, I don't know if you remember when he brought in two, like, Tiger Cubs into his office nice. one time. That's the only other thing. But continue right. with your point. Mine was uh, Charlie Strong uh, and Urban Meyer throwing footballs at chris jericho wrestling this yeah. summer uh, anyway yeah the, the jaguars uh most productive thing they've done in jacksonville <laughs> best so thrown far. football yes. we've seen there sorry in duval uh but yeah no um I, just just you know when you have talent you can bounce back and this is one of the things that i've been talking about is you know you look at the comparison is florida state uh, like you, you pointed out to me, they played Notre Dame in overtime in like a top ten game to start the season. It was bright lights, everything was great. They lose in overtime, and then they mess around and lose to Jack State. Now they're getting whooped by everybody. And then Arizona, who is having open tryouts, I noticed they lost. They have open walk-on tryouts. If you haven't heard, things are going things great. are going great for zero and four Arizona. They lost to Northern Arizona earlier this season. Now they're zero and four. You know, by two points, but they played a team they should have beaten. They lost, and it's a demoralizing loss. And I'm, I'm just saying, you know, listen, I have every respect in the world for Auburn's kids, Auburn's athletes. Uh, I've said it a thousand times last year. They never quit on Gus. It's, it never happened. But I'm telling you, when you have a demoralizing loss like that, you know, you wonder how, how the locker room can stay together. If, if something if, – if a loss like Georgia State were to have happened, you yeah. could go down that hole just like Florida State went down. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Yes. But T, that's that's why I'm saying how big TJ's fourth down pass was. That completion, if it fell incomplete, we were looking at an entirely different season. I feel like. But you have the chance now. Everyone's still together to turn it around and make the most of your talent and go down there to Baton Rouge and win and redeem this thing and turn it back around. You still have that chance. Mm. And I. So yeah, I do think Auburn has a chance to go down there and win. I don't know if they will. Uh, we haven't made our picks yet. <laughs> I have. I'll, I'll talk about mine in a second. I'll probably pick LSU, but uh, but 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 you absolutely, it absolutely can happen, um, and that's because, like you said, you know, athletes, you know, uh, talent has a short memory. Talent can erase things. Talent can't. I mean, I think about the 2012. You know, that was a bad team, but they played Florida real close that year, like nine twelve. Uh, it can happen. So. Uh, yeah, I, I I do think it is very possible for Auburn to, to go down there and beat LSU. My pick will be LSU, though. 
I'm picking Auburn 27-26 <gasps> just because kind uh, of the point you're saying, but like Anders Carlson wins the game. How weird has this rivalry, this series oh, been? It's the, just it's unpredictable. The weirdest. As J.G. Tate informed us, you know, <laughs> Santa Claus was mooning people at one point in the game. One of the strangest press conferences I've been in yet with the Brian Harson one on Monday was just off the rails. So, they, so the writers start telling Brian about, like, hey, weird things happen this rivalry. And then, like, at one point, Brian's like, you're saying there was a fire? What are you talking about? <laughs> so then at the end, J.G.'s like, yeah, man, I don't know. I got mooned by Santa Claus once. <laughs> But I just, I just get this feeling, and again, to the point that a few of the people on the beat we were talking about this game were saying this is either like going to be like a three-point game or like LSU is going to win by three touchdowns. Like I agree. I, it's like kind of that sense. I don't know. I just have the sense that something weird is going to happen. Yeah. I'm not completely sold on this LSU team. Sure. I, I think sure. that they almost blew it against Mississippi State. They're not going to have Derek Stingley, who's probably their best player on either side of the ball. They Correct. cannot run the ball to save their lives. Sure. I don't sure. know. I just think that Auburn's going to wind up finding a way to win, and we're going to just look at each other and say, All right. that was weird. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing. Everything's upside down. Welcome to the Auburn beat, right? Yep. Uh, covering this team is – it's never as you expect. <laughs> never will be. <laughs> They're the cardiac cats for a reason, and we learned it again last week. Um, but hey, man, like I said, uh, you know, I, as a as an outside perspective, you can obviously say, hey, man, they struggle with Georgia th- State. This team isn't good, and they're going to finish very low in the SC West standings. You can obviously anyone can make that deduction. Who could blame them for making that deduction, right? Uh, but but internally, like I said, like I don't know, I wrote the column like, hey man, watch the film once, write down your notes, and burn it. Never speak of it again. Never, never look happened. Back. Never look back. Nope. Uh, because you know, if you're Auburn, you're saying that wasn't us, and we're better than that. So you know, if you're if you're Auburn and you're in that locker room, you move forward uh, confidently, telling yourself we're better than that. That was bad. We're better than that. Um, and and you've, you now you think. You hope good enough to go down and beat LSU. So, well, we'll have a lot of content. Uh, Justin and I are gonna be down there in Baton Rouge. We'll yeah, I'm story. back on the road, baby. Yes, sir. We could only contain him for so long. <laughs> See you Thank guys. you. Thanks for an 8 p.m. kickoff. Absolutely, I'll be able to make the trip. I'm excited, and uh, so be looking for all those stories. Be looking for all the stories we've written in the lead-up. I've got that T.J. Finley feature I mentioned before. We've got other looks at Zion Puckett, you know, the uh, LSU, sort of the LSU side. They're kind of, they oh, yeah. sort of seem like they're kind of peaking at the right time, and, and so that'll be interesting. So make sure and go check that out. And mm-hmm. then I, I think probably at like 3 or 4 a.m. we may record a podcast and just throw it up there. <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to everybody who listened last week. We had the hey, most yeah. listens of a recap, which – yeah. A lot to talk about after that Georgia State game. Yeah, so. if you're if you're listening to this one and you you aren't and you're missing the recaps, those are my favorite. Those are the best. I yeah. think. Yeah, join us join us on the game recaps. Those are those are fun. Uh, those are those. Yeah, we're it's very visceral. It's right after the game. We try to Fresh. post it. Yeah, we try to post it that night. But I mean, it's gonna be long. It's gonna be late. If you but, guys are just staying up at like five a.m. Yeah. like, oh boy, yeah. fire up <laughs> eighteen minutes of Jordan and Justin and yeah. probably Justin Ferguson again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, if we're in the car. Yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> like last week, we just try, we just go back to the car, and Jordan plops out his tailgate, and we sit there, and we record. So it's immediate, instant reaction, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do it again. I don't know how. We'll, we got to figure out the logistics in Baton Rouge. We'll make it happen, I have no doubt. We'll do it. So let's finish out this 
part, uh, or rather I should say this episode of the podcast, I'm going to throw it to a conversation I had a couple days ago. A uh, good friend, Wilson Alexander, I know him from uh, Red and Black days over there at UGA. You know uh, everybody. Oh, you know, I got these connections, <laughs> man. Uh, so, Wilson is the LSU beat reporter for The Advocate down there in Baton Rouge. The Advocate, we love The Advocate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, checked in with Wilson just to talk about LSU, talk about sort of his perspective, his thoughts on this game, and also got him to give us a few a few uh, restaurant recommendations that <laughs> we should go check out if you're an Auburn fan and want to know where to go eat. I'm serious. I don't think I could think of a better person to ask yeah. for food recommendations than Wilson Alexander. He's all <laughs> He's over it. Yeah. He, he is right. the guy. All right. Uh, so we'll throw that to that, and uh, once that uh, ends, we'll be out of here. So uh, yeah. enjoy this clip. Well, Wilson, a big game coming up on Saturday night. Uh, first off, I want to say thanks for taking some time to talk about this Auburn LSU game. LSU is three and one coming in this game, coming off a. Uh, a really uh, close game, a close victory over Mississippi State. Just sort of what's your assessment of where LSU is right now uh, coming into this big game against Auburn? Yeah, thanks for having me, Jordan. Uh, pleasure to talk to you as always. This is a team that has improved week to week. Certainly I think it's better than it was in the season opener against UCLA, um, but they haven't played their most difficult opponents yet. So it's really hard to kind of get a read on whether or not they have are going to be you know, really competitive within the SEC once they get to the heart of the schedule starting this weekend against Auburn, or if this is a team that is going to have a really struggle throughout the year. Um, offensively, they uh, just have not been good along the offensive line. Uh, they don't have any holes to run the football through. I mean, they're, have, they average 80 yards rushing a game, which is 122nd in the country, which is not something you expect usually just traditionally from LSU. But defensively, they look a lot better than they did last year. Uh, making adjustments when they need to, having different game plans. They still have a few of those missed assignments and coverage busts that have plagued them so much over the last two years, but not nearly as many. Um, so they're a, a team that looks like it's uh, getting better week to week, but we're not sure if that's going to be good enough to, to really have a great year yet. I had a chance to listen to Ed Orgeron and, and Brian Harson talked about him as well. Max Johnson uh, threw four touchdowns against Mississippi State. Just where do you kind of see him in his second year and, and the things, the strides he's been able to make uh, coming into this game? Yeah, Max has been pretty solid. Um, you know, in the first game, he had, was getting just pushed off of his platform so much, you know, pushed off his spot, throwing passes back as he backpedaled. And, but, He's really been the catalyst for this offense the entire year. Um, those last three games, he, he's played pretty well, particularly once they started going up-tempo against Central Michigan two weeks ago. That really you know, sort of just pushed their agenda on the other defense, and Max was having a lot of success. Um, he still isn't – like I mean, he's throwing like 15 touchdowns, and, and a lot of that has to do because LSU just is not running the ball well at all, and so he's throwing the ball a lot. Um, and he's, but he's completing a, a solid percentage of his passes and um, he's directing things pretty well. He's clearly made some improvement from year one to year two. He's developed, uh, I think, throughout the season and he, he seems to be just getting better and better. Um, it's hard to remember that he's just a sophomore and this is only, he's only started one, uh, six career games. Um, he's really hasn't played a ton, but um, because he's been here for a minute, um, people look at him like a veteran and he, he's composed and he, he's handling himself well. 
one of the key players, it seems like, for LSU coming this season was Derek Stingley. And then his uh, exit from that Mississippi State game was obviously a big uh, storyline. Uh, where do you think Derek is or what have you guys heard? And if he isn't able to play against Auburn, just how big of a blow is that going to be? Yeah, so it does not look like he's going to play in this game. Um, he sustained re-aggravated a foot injury that originally happened during uh, fall camp last Wednesday at practice. Um, he was wearing a boot, a walking boot, fairly sizable walking boot during the game against Mississippi State. But they were hopeful that he could even play in that game. You know, Ed Orchard described it as very questionable going in because they had a little bit of hope that maybe he could play. And Derek wanted to play. His father came on a radio show uh, locally here the other day and said Derek really wanted to try to play in that game. But it's pretty painful. Um, and so he's going to see a doctor this week. Um, they have not described the exact nature of this injury. Um, but because, you know, he's just now going to see a doctor uh, and they're having to decide if he's going to either get surgery or just rehab the injury, it's hard to see him playing in this Auburn game. If they don't have him, then Dwight McLaughlin is going to be the guy who starts at cornerback opposite Eli Ricks. He's a sophomore, started this past weekend against Mississippi State. Haven't gotten a lot of look at him. He was, had an injury during fall camp as well and only just came back against Central Michigan two weeks ago and played, um, that, you know, as a backup corner. Um, and so he's going to have, but he's going to have to really step up because else he's probably not going to use that, you know, three, two, six defense that he used against Mississippi State again. He might have to go man a few more times and uh, need to do things a little bit more on his own. Um, he's solid corner, a lot of length, but he's no Derek Singley, not yet anyway. We mentioned Max Johnson. Who are some other players on offense and on defense that you think are key for LSU and, and might be guys that Auburn fans are going to hear about on Saturday night? On offense is Kayshawn Boutte. Uh, this is one of the best receivers in the country. He's already got eight touchdown captures through four games. He's been incredible ever since he, Terrace Marshall opted out last year and Kayshawn became the number one receiver. He has played exactly like a number one receiver. He is the best player on the offense. Um, LSU comes to him a lot, wants to get him the ball early, um, even involves him a little bit in the running game with some jet sweeps and things like that, um, and short passes like bubbles and stuff just to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. Um, and he's their biggest big play threat as well. Everywhere else, the receiver's kind of a rotation. The one constant is Kayshawn Boots. He is always there. Um, outside of him, there's not a ton of stars on this offense or guys who um, are going to be on the field every single play, um, other than Max, of course, because um, it's still a rotation at running back, and that's a position that just has not been productive. But on the defensive side, look out for Demon Clark, because that's going to be a huge matchup between him and Tank, Tank Bigsby. The rest of that Auburn uh, running game, Damone's going to have to have a big game. He made 15 tackles, career high. Got SEC defensive player of the week this past week uh, for his effort against Mississippi State. Um, and he looks really improved from last year. Um, or John described him as someone who's looking like an NFL linebacker. They were really high on him at the beginning of his career. Had a bad year last year, but then again, sort of the entire defense. Um, so Damone's kind of a big one. And then um, I'd also mix in any of the guys along the defensive line. Uh, LSU's got a really good pass rush. And uh, that's probably one of the strengths of this team. Looking at Mason Smith, fresh five-star freshman, they just moved a defensive end. Uh, Ali Gay and B.J. Ojolari are some of the big names to watch on that side of the ball. I got to just say, I think Keishon Boutte, like, he couldn't play anywhere else with that name in LSU. I mean, is that is that fair to say? I just hear that name and I think LSU Tigers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's from New Iberia. You know, he's a Louisiana guy. Um, and Louis LSU was always you know, sort of, I guess, that home state school. Um, but, yeah, it's a very Louisiana name uh, for sure. What do you sort of think about the narrative? We still don't know on the Auburn side if T.J. Finley is going to play 
Um, but I'm sure you got to see TJ a good bit last year. Just if he comes in, you know, the threat that that might put up uh, for the LSU defense, what they would have to to do to kind of stop a guy like TJ. Yeah, it's interesting because they, of course, are going to have intimate knowledge of TJ Finley if he comes in. They've seen him so much during practice last year, spring practice this year, um, and it might work out to LSU's advantage. But then again, you know, people can improve and, and get better and change and Auburn's going to use him maybe a little bit differently than LSU would have. And we saw TJ last year have some really good moments. He played great against South Carolina. LSU was really heavy running the ball that game, but he did exactly what he needed to do in that game. And then, of course, he led a game-winning drive similarly to what he did against Georgia State, but on the road to beat Arkansas. And that's a big moment for a freshman to go on the road and be able to throw a game-winning touchdown to do that. Um, ended up also coming down to LSU having to block a field goal. But, you know, TJ, he, he made that play happen there. Um, throwing a touchdown on the road and so but he also he struggled and sort of the best against some of the best defenses like uh, Alabama in particular and then some of those others Texas A&M uh, too and so it, I think LSU people are curious to see what version of TJ uh, comes out if they if Auburn plays him um, it's probably not going to affect what they do defensively too much whether or not it's TJ or Bo Nix because the offense Orgeron said is probably going to look fairly similar or like really heavy ground game and um, that kind of thing, but um, it certainly uh, adds a little juice to this matchup, uh, the possibility of TJ starting in Tiger Stadium as a different, on a different team. Absolutely. I'm very interested to see what winds up happening on that front. Uh, so looking at this game from an LSU perspective, what do you think are the biggest keys? What do you think needs to happen as far as LSU having a chance and maybe being able to defend the, uh, the home turf for the big SEC win? For me, it all starts along the line of scrimmage um, on both the offensive and defensive sides. I mean, this is a game, even back if you look at 2019, LSU's got this high-flying pass-first offense for the first time, and it's breaking all these records. Well, that was the Clyde Edwards-Alaire game. That was the game that LSU iced by just running the ball with Clyde. And it, Auburn LSU often comes down to that line of scrimmage. I mean, you know, Leonard Fournette with that insane, like, shaking off the tackle, um, that happening is Auburn, you know. It, it's, I think it's going to come down to whether or not LSU can really run the football um, something that has not happened. Auburn's a pretty, I think, solid team in terms of defending the run, and, and LSU has not been able to run the ball. Uh, you know, if they can't, then Max Johnson's going to have to have a, a huge game. I think a lot of it comes down to him as well. Um, but on the other side, I mean, uh, LSU's got a, has had a solid pass, uh, excuse me, run defense, and, and Auburn's going to run the football. We know that. Um, whether or not LSU can stop that, I think LSU's allowing about 100 yards a game running but they haven't been tested by a rushing offense like Auburn's since this season opener and they struggled against Zach Charbonnet and the rest of that UCLA uh rushing attack and so I think that's kind of where the game hinges for me I don't think there's uh, uh everything else doesn't seem like a huge you know matchup difference um whoever kind of wins along the line of scrimmage like most LSU Auburn games is, is probably going to win this one if you're feeling so bold do you have a prediction on Saturday night I, I kind of, I don't know. I'm not good at predicting games, Jordan, as you know, from our pick them uh, oh, yeah. the last couple of years. Um, and so maybe this means that Auburn's going to win because I think that LSU is going to win. Um, then again, I thought LSU was going to lose Mississippi State because I wasn't expecting the defensive adjustment that they made. So I really have no clue. Um, I'm not good, best equipped to this. I feel like it's LSU just because of the quarterback stuff that's happening at Auburn. It's not a very good thing going into a game. Um, to have that, you know, it's important position sort of be in flux. Um, so I'm, I'm going with LSU for that reason. Also home crowd, I think Death Valley will, will maybe probably play a part in this as well. LSU having that at home advantage 
really being able to have a full death valley for the first time in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely going to matter, and and don't feel bad about the the uh, the track record on your picks. I'm I'm down at the bottom of our pick'em, so so I'm right there with you. I think I keep going back and forth. I, I'm kind of inclined to pick Auburn just because everything looks like LSU in this series is so wonky, such weird things happen. But I mean, and, and we talked about this as a beat, some of the different beat writers that you could convince me that this game is decided by three points and you could convince me that LSU is going to win by three touchdowns. Like, it's just – it's such a weird kind of feeling coming in, especially with all the storylines on the Auburn side. Between the quarterback change and they've already fired the receivers coach, like, there's just a lot going on going into this game. Yeah, stuff like that happening just doesn't make me feel confident picking Auburn. Um, when I saw that happen on Sunday, I was like, okay, I don't – trust you to go on the road and, and, and win an SEC game when you've got those sort of things swirling around. Uh, that's hard to overcome, I think, in a, in a game. If they do it, then, then props to them, but it, it makes me hesitant to pick them. Totally understand that. Well, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Auburn fans that decide to take the trip down to Baton Rouge. Wilson, any restaurants, any things that they should see in Baton Rouge, anything you would kind of recommend for people that are going to kind of make a road trip out of this SEC game? Yeah, I, I, first I'd start by with tailgating. Um, this, if the weather is good, which last I checked it was supposed to be, but then again, it's Louisiana, so who knows, um, would be to get involved on that, you know, get on campus and enjoy what really should be a nice atmosphere on game day. You know, 8 p.m. kick, there's a lot of time. <laughs> Got to pace yourself, as I advised all the fans to do this week. Um, but, you know, get out and, and enjoy that. I think it should be probably be a nice town campus if the weather cooperates. And then, um, you know, there's plenty of restaurants, the great restaurants to eat at, um, whether it depends on kind of what you're looking for, of course, but, you know, Pyrene's, um, I think has always been pretty good. That's not too far from campus. Um, there's tons of Louisiana staples that are, um, this kind of depends on what you want, like Mike Anderson's and, um, things like that. Um, some of my other favorites down on government street, LC's plate and pie. That one's great. If you like Asian food, I recommend Soji, um, on government as well. Um, there's a lot of, Baton Rouge does have some pretty solid food options. And so I would just, uh, get on Google, uh, if you don't like any of those options and, and, and do a little searching because it's hard to go too wrong. I knew you wouldn't let me down with the restaurant recommendations. I knew exactly who I need to go to. Wilson, I really appreciate the time. Let anybody who is listening to this or watching this know where they can see your coverage, uh, your Twitter, just, and, and even if there are stories you're working on this week, you're excited about, give them a shout out. Yeah, um, you can find us at theadvocate.com or also nola.com because we're the advocate slash time. Um, I'm on Twitter at whalexander underscore. It has nothing to do with whales, uh, which is a common misconception, um, but one that I understand. Um, and then uh, what we're going on this week, um, going to do some TJ Finley stuff, but I know you all got that covered as well. Um, going to really dive into the running game and what is going on with that group because um, it's just so unusual for us not to be have any semblance of running attack. And um, we'll see what else is in store. There's a lot of, you know, sort of news things to follow. John Emery, whether or not he's going to play in this game, Stingley's status, things like that. So we'll try to keep everybody up to date. Wilson, thanks so much for the time. Looking forward to seeing you in the press box uh, on a late, late Saturday night. Look forward to it as well, Jordan. Thanks for having me.